Well, thank you for for joining us for worship. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to to Luke chapter 4. Last week, as we worked through the the text in Luke 4, as we've been continuing through this sermon series in the Gospel of Luke, we saw the start of Jesus' ministry. And with that, we saw him being rejected at his own hometown, where he grew up, uh, they couldn't accept him. They couldn't accept that the claim that he made to be the promised Messiah, he, he seemed too familiar for that to actually be real, and he was rejected by his own people. Well, today, as we continue in this gospel, we're going to see demonstrations of Jesus' authority. And, and that's what I've titled the sermon is The Authority of Jesus. And so as his identity has been called into question by his own people, where they have rejected that he actually might be the promised Messiah that he claimed, what we're going to see here in these demonstrations of his authority that he actually is, he, he really is the promised Messiah, uh, and that claim being true has massive implications for our lives. So I'm going to read the text today from Luke chapter 4. starts in verse 31 and we'll be reading through verse 44 and then I'll pray for us. Luke 4 and verse 31. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee. He was teaching them on the Sabbath. And, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. In the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean demonic spirit who cried out with a loud voice, Leave us alone! Why do you, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be silent and come out of him. And throwing him down before them, the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. Amazement came over them all. And they were saying to one another, What is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, and they come out. And news about him began to go out to every place in the vicinity. After he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and began to serve them. When the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. And as he laid his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew he was the Christ. When it was day, he went out and made his way to a deserted place. But the crowds were searching for him. And they came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, It is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to other towns also, because I was sent for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Let's pray. Father, we confess again today that your word is true 
and it is good and it is necessary for our life. Uh, I pray as we examine the truths here today that, um, Holy Spirit, you would open our hearts and minds, help us see, help us believe, help us be astonished again at the authority of Jesus and help us respond accordingly to that authority. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we work our way through this text, uh, this text is also a text that's going to have kind of one main point that we'll look at at the end. But as we're kind of working through this first part of this, we're going to see three different demonstrations of the authority of Jesus. Uh, in different things through this passage, we're going to see his authority in a few different ways. And then after we looked at the demonstrations of his authority, we will get to the point that this is trying to show us. So the first demonstration of Jesus' authority is this. Jesus demonstrated authority in his teaching. Jesus demonstrated authority in his teaching. So looking at verses 31 and 32. Then he went down to Capernaum, a town in Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbath. They were astonished at his teaching because his message had authority. So Capernaum is a fishing town on the Sea of Galilee. It's about 20 miles from Nazareth. Nazareth, if you were here last week, we saw that's, that's Jesus' hometown. Nazareth is where he was rejected when he claimed to be the Messiah and then rebuked the people for refusing to accept that. And the people of his own town tried to have him killed. They tried to throw him off of a cliff. And so 20 miles away, Jesus travels to Capernaum and he does just what he's been doing, which is going to the synagogues on the Sabbath day, the place of worship on the Sabbath day, and he is teaching God's word. And it says that the people are amazed. The people are astonished at the words that he is saying. And just like we saw in Nazareth, that's how they felt in the hometown as they listened to his message. Like, man, there's something really great about this message. The problem is they couldn't accept the claim from Jesus on being the Messiah. But even in the other towns, the same thing was taking place when they heard Jesus preach, when they heard him teach from God's word, the people were all amazed. There was something different about him. His teaching has authority, is what it says here in this text. There was an authority that they weren't accustomed to as they listened to religious leaders teach from God's Word. And they hear Jesus now speaking. They're like, there's, a, there's an authority here that we've never heard in someone proclaiming this. And so we see in multiple occasions throughout Luke's gospel and other gospels that the, uh, the people are saying these types of things about Jesus' messages. There's this different authority that we've never experienced. One of those is in the gospel of Matthew at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7, we see these words recorded. Matthew 7, verse 28 and 29, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished 
at his teaching. Verse 29 tells us why. Because he was teaching them like one who had authority, not like their scribes. So the scribes are the the religious teachers of the day, the ones who would get up in the synagogue and teach from God's word and explain God's word. They were educated men. They, They understood and were able to teach the people what God's word said. But when Jesus did it, it was different. And of course it is, right? He is the Son of God. He is the Creator of all things. All things were created for Him. Of course He understands and can declare the truth of God's Word in a way that no man ever could. And so there is an authority that comes from Him as they listen to His message that everyone who heard Him speak was amazed. They may not have accepted Him, But they were still amazed that he had an authority in his teaching. So that's the first demonstration of Jesus' authority. He demonstrated authority in his teaching. The second demonstration of his authority is this. Jesus demonstrated authority over evil. Jesus demonstrated authority over evil. So looking back in Luke chapter 4... Verses 33 to 37, we see this. In the synagogue, there was a man with an unclean demonic spirit who cried out with a loud voice, Leave us alone. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him and said, Be silent and come out of him. And throwing him down before them, the demon came out of him without hurting him at all. Amazement came over them all. And they were saying to one another, What is this message? For he commands the unclean spirits with authority and power, and they come out. And news about him began to go into every place in the vicinity. So demonstration of authority over evil here in this section. This man, it's surprising maybe that a, an individual with a demon, with an evil spirit, would be in the place of worship. But that is where this individual is. Now a demon is a, a fallen angel. Uh, so there were angels who rebelled with Satan and... Uh, and they are demons, and they are real, and there are some distortions to understanding about demons and, and things, but they are real. Uh, there are demons who rebelled with Satan and have a force in this world. And Jesus demonstrates that he has all authority, even over the evil presence in this world. In verse 34, we see an interesting thing that the demon knows who Jesus is. The demon declares who he is. Like, I know who you are, Jesus of Nazareth. You're the Holy One of God. That's a term for the Messiah. So it's kind of interesting that the presence of evil can recognize that Jesus is the Messiah and Jesus' own hometown couldn't recognize that he was the Messiah. 
Last week they rejected him and tried to kill him when he claimed to be the Messiah. But here, a demon sees Jesus and cries out and says, I know who you are. You're the Holy One. You're the promised one. And then ask the question, are you here to destroy us? He knows that his time is limited. That there will be a time when Jesus, because he has the authority, he will be able to and he will destroy all evil. And so he declares Jesus as the Holy One. Now, that was not a declaration of like bowing in submission. The the belief is it actually was an attempt to control Jesus. In spiritual battles and spiritual warfare, the belief was by having the knowledge of an individual's name, their full name, their full title of who they are, would allow you to gain control over that individual. And so the belief is that the demon is trying to, by declaring Jesus' full name and title, is to try to gain some type of control. And Jesus, of course, demonstrates he has no control over Jesus because Jesus has all authority. And so in verse 35, Jesus rebukes the demon and tells the demon, be quiet, come out of him. And the demon does exactly what Jesus tells him to do. The demon submits to Jesus because Jesus has authority over him. Last week we saw Jesus claim to be the promised Messiah. As he read that passage, that messianic passage from Isaiah 61, and in that passage it talked about the the promised one coming and that that person is going to set the captives free. It's going to relieve the oppression of God's people. And here we see a demonstration that Jesus is doing that. Because as this man is possessed by an evil spirit, Jesus sets him free from that captivity. Jesus sets him free from that oppression that would come from being controlled by the evil spirit. So Jesus is demonstrating, you know, I I told you I was the promised Messiah. Now I'm showing you, I'm, I'm doing what the Messiah was supposed to do, which is set people free from their oppression. And in verse 36 and 37, we see the people again are amazed. They are shocked that, man, his message comes with authority and power. He can even tell an evil spirit to do something and it obeys him. It does exactly what Jesus tells them to do. And so the people are amazed and they continue to talk about it. And news spreads throughout all of the vicinity around. Man, have you heard this man preach? There is power in his message. There is something different about this man. Jesus has authority over Satan. Jesus has authority over all forms of evil. And as the Messiah, that's part of his purpose, right? In 1 John, we see this passage of the purpose of God sending his son, the purpose of Jesus coming. And yes, there is more, but this is one of those reasons that he came 
1 John 3, and in the second half of the verse, we see this statement. Second half of verse 8. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So in that context, John is talking about us putting our own sins to death. Like we shouldn't continue to walk in sin. We shouldn't continue to walk in rebellion against God. But then to clarify, he says, that's why Jesus came to to get rid of all evil, to get rid of the works of the devil in this world. And Jesus showed, as a demonstration of authority, He has authority over evil. He came to destroy Satan's works. He's the promised one. He's the one who's going to crush the head of the serpent. The promise all the way back in the garden. Jesus is the promised Messiah. And then back in Luke 4... We see the third demonstration of his authority. Jesus demonstrated authority over sickness and disease. Jesus demonstrated authority over sickness and disease. Luke 4, starting in 38 to 41. After he left the synagogue, he entered Simon's house. Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever, and they asked him about her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. She got up immediately and began to serve them. When the sun was setting, all those who had anyone sick with various diseases brought them to him. And as he laid his hands on each one of them, he healed them. Also, demons were coming out of many, shouting and saying, You are the Son of God! But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Christ. Jesus demonstrates authority over sickness and disease. So the the common practice, kind of like what we do for our Sunday morning services, the common practice of the day at this time was there was a morning worship service on the Sabbath. Uh, and after that morning service, people would gather in each other's homes and they would have a meal together. And so after the worship service where Jesus has been teaching and then Jesus demonstrates authority in his teaching, demonstrates authority in, over evil, he is invited by Simon, Simon Peter, to come to his home for a meal. And he goes and at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. So the, the reference to her having a high fever indicates there's serious concern. It's not that she's a little under the weather. She feels a little cruddy. It's, she is not well at all, and they are worried about her because her fever is so severe And they asked Jesus. Now, we don't know what it means by them asking him. We don't know if they said, can you do anything? Or if they just asked, do you think she'll get better? We don't know how they asked. But they went to Jesus and said, she's not doing well at all. We're we're worried about her. And in verse 39, Jesus stands over her and rebukes the fever. 
The same word used for what he did with the demon. He rebuked the demon. And here he takes a position of authority standing over this woman who is sick and he rebukes the sickness. Now, a fever, a disease, something causing a fever does not have ears, doesn't have the ability to listen and respond and do what we tell it to do. But Jesus has all authority. Jesus is in control of everything. And when Jesus speaks, whatever he speaks to will listen and submit. And so here, even a fever submits to Jesus because he has authority to say, you have no control here. You have to leave. And she is healed. And I think it's important. Sometimes people kind of make a joke about the mother-in-law getting up and serving them the meal. Uh, I think the purpose of that is actually to show that she's fully restored. Right? If He didn't just take care of the fever. He has fully restored her health. If you have recently had a fever, uh, you probably remember, like you usually have a time period after you've been sick for a while where you don't feel so great. You still are weak. Your body is still recovering. She was immediately restored, healed entirely, and is well enough that she can get up and serve the meal and serve the people who are in her house. He has completely restored her. He has completely healed her. Now it goes on. He doesn't just demonstrate authority in in her sickness, but in everyone in the town. Uh, This would have been Sabbath. Sabbath had restrictions on what you could do uh, and when you could do it. And so the people waited until the the Sabbath day is over. Once evening comes, once the sun sets, those restrictions are lifted. Sabbath is, is finally over once the sun sets. And all of the people of the town start bringing their sick to Jesus. Because they, they've heard, there's, like, he has this authority. He can heal people. And so, whatever the disease, whatever was troubling people, whatever was harming people's bodies, Jesus heals them. He restores them. And he does it in such a, a personal, loving way. Right? He, he touches them. We've talked about this in our gentle and lowly study a little bit. If you've been a part of that, uh, in one of our classes, we talked about that personal love of Jesus, that personal care of Jesus to actually touch someone who is sick. People that would have been considered unclean, people that you would probably recoil from, that you'd be like, oh, no, stay back, please. Uh, He had, of course, all authority. He could just say, like he did with Peter's mother-in-law for the person to be healed and they would have been healed. But Jesus shows how much he cares about the people as a person and he touches them and heals them as a demonstration of I'm the source of the healing that you're receiving and I care for you. I love you. And so Jesus heals everyone, every sickness 
that was in the town. Any disease, Jesus had authority. And then in addition to that, we see again that there are other people who are possessed by demons, that Jesus is casting out the demons. And again, the demons are the ones that recognize, you're the Christ. They see that he's the anointed one. He's the Messiah. And Jesus is rebuking them and calling them to submit to his authority. So he comes and he demonstrates this authority over sickness and disease. That's physical sickness, mental, spiritual. Jesus has the authority to heal. He has the authority to restore to wholeness. And that's what God promised to do when the Messiah would come. That's what God said He was going to do, is there was going to be a restoration for the people. In Isaiah, which the prophet Isaiah speaks often of the coming Messiah, in Isaiah chapter 35, we see this recorded. Verses 5 and 6, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped, and the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy, for water will gush in the wilderness and streams in the desert. 700 years before Jesus came, 700 years before he starts his ministry, God promises through the prophet Isaiah, there's going to be a restoration, there's going to be a healing. When the Messiah comes, I'm going to start undoing all of the brokenness in this world. And that text, as we read through the Gospels, we see those are the words that Jesus does exactly those types of healings. We see him opening the eyes of the blind. We see him causing deaf people to be able to hear, people who were never able to speak to be able to speak. He really was the promised Messiah. And Jesus' authority shows us exactly who he was and what he came to do. And so that's going to take us to the main point of this text today. The main point is this, the authority of Jesus demonstrated his identity and mission. The authority of Jesus demonstrated his identity and his mission. It shows us this really is who he is, who he said he is. He really is the promised Messiah. And here's what he came to do. And so as we kind of worked our way through these texts and saw his authority over Authority in his teaching, authority over evil, authority over all sickness. He is showing that he's the promised one. He's the Messiah who's going to restore things. And then in verses 42 and 44, back in Luke 4, we see this. When it was day, he went out and made his way to a deserted place. But the crowds were searching for him. They came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, It is necessary for me to proclaim the good news about the kingdom of God to other towns also, because I was sent 
for this purpose. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Daytime comes, Jesus draws away from Capernaum. He's healed all of the people. He's cast out the demons. He's shown his authority over all of these things. And of course, if that happened in your hometown, what would you want? You wouldn't want the person to leave. Our our city's whole again. Our city, like the presence of evil is gone. There's no one sick here. And so they go to Jesus and they plead with him, don't go. Stay with us. Keep us whole. Keep us healthy. Please don't go. However, in verses 43 and 44, we see Jesus saying, I have to. I have a mission that I've been given. And that mission isn't just to come and care for Capernaum. I've got to go to other towns. I've got to go to other places and proclaim the kingdom of God. And so in this context, what what that is talking about, the kingdom of God is the the rule of God through his promised Messiah. He says, that's what God sent me for is to go into the region, go all around and tell people about God's kingdom and what it's going to look like when God's kingdom is fully demonstrated in this world. So his authority demonstrates his identity and his mission. He is the promised Messiah And he is going to proclaim that message to the broken world. That healing and restoration is here. That it's time for the the broken things to be made new again. And so that leads us to a couple of questions from this text. As we have looked at a text on the authority of Jesus. And all of these demonstrations of his authority. And the first question is this. Will we accept his authority? Will we accept the authority of Jesus in our lives? He has all authority. That's one of the the beautiful things from the, the Great Commission as he tells his disciples, I want you to go out into the world and proclaim the good news to them. He starts by saying, all authority has been given to me. In heaven and on earth. Jesus has all authority because of who he is. He is the divine son of God. So for us, will we submit to that? Will we actually accept his authority in our lives? Will we let him rule in our hearts and in our minds? Because the reality is, because of our sin, of course we want to reject his authority. We want, we are drawn away from Him. We don't want to submit to Him. And even if we're trying, there's the reality that we oftentimes like, well, yeah, He can have authority over all of this, except for this one little thing, right? I want to hold on to this. I'll, I'll be in charge of this part of my life, but I'll give Jesus the rest. Will we submit to His authority 
over everything in our lives. And the next thing I want us to ask ourselves is, will we find hope in his authority? Will we find hope in his authority? This world is broken, right? This world is a broken place. Sin has corrupted it. And it takes not long at all in our own lives. And then certainly if you turn on the news or if you look on social media, you can see the mess that this world is in so many ways. But as Christians, we have hope. Because of Jesus and because of His authority, we actually can have hope, even though this world is so broken. These demonstrations of Jesus' authority from this text, they're just a foretaste of what's to come. It's just the beginning of what is to come. He has promised to come back. He has promised to right all the wrongs, to turn the world right side up again. He will destroy the devil. He will destroy all evil. He will restore everything in this broken world back to fullness, back to health and back to health again. And so in Revelation, the book of Revelation, which for so long I Honestly, I mean, you read some of the stuff there and you think, man, this is this is hard to to grasp. And some of the stories and stuff are are strange, but it's a book of hope. It's a it's a letter of hope to the church. And in Revelation 20, we have the promise that Satan is going to be destroyed. And then in Revelation 21, verse four, we see this. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. Since Jesus has all authority, and He's demonstrated that He has all authority, we can really put our hope in this reality. He will return. He will right the wrongs. He will destroy evil. He will restore to full health and wholeness. And so let's put our hope in Him, church. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for its truth. Thank You for the reminder of the authority of Your Son. And we do confess as your church that there are times where we don't want to submit to his authority. Help us, forgive us, help us see the blessing that comes by submitting to the authority of Jesus. And help us find hope in a world that can feel so hopeless because of the authority of Jesus. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.